When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Shaka Hislop and Craig Burley. Uh, we'll kick things off in the Carabao Cup today. Quarter final between Liverpool and West Ham. This is one-way traffic throughout. Liverpool thrashing the Hammers by five goals to one. Nathan is at Anfield. We'll be hearing from him in a moment. But first, Craig, was this just about one team carrying the other team not? Uh, I think they cared. I just think they were so poor in their execution. I mean, we saw that, we saw a team, we had two of Shaq's old teams, right, in the last two days, Newcastle and West Ham. Right, okay, West Ham had the tougher task away from home at Liverpool because they're a much better side than Chelsea. But Newcastle have got this well-documented injury list and players missing, key players. They've had all these games, and yes, they went out because they shot themselves in the foot, basically, but at least they went to, uh, to West London and put a fight up. Yeah. Mm. A rear guard effort and put a fight up. There was none of that in this game. Uh, and yes, from the Liverpool perspective, we'll get to it. That was a slick performance by a changed team. But from West Ham's point of view, the Jared Bowen goal in the park, the rest of it was an utter shambles. And I go back to my point at half, at half time. This is the kind of performances that get tongues wagging about David Moyes yeah. at this football club saying look yeah we've had Europa League uh, Europa Conference success yes we're in the top half of the league but with the players we've got what we're seeing on the field in terms of a product needs to be better and it certainly wasn't tonight to, to, to the comparison with Newcastle at least Chelsea put out a, or at least a, a near enough full strength team um, but your West Ham you come to Anfield never never an easy task you see the you see the six changes and you think, well, yeah, I, we could have a go here. But at no point, at no point in this game did West Ham look like like they cared, like they, they wanted to be in the draw for the next round. Nobody bothered to make a challenge anywhere within 30 or 40 yards of, of their own goal to say it, it was embarrassing and, and where I disagree with Craig and, and while yes there, there will be of course speculation about David Moyes there, there, there always is unless David Moyes said to, said to these players don't, don't bother to make a challenge I'm not sure how you explain that I'm not sure how professional footballers at this level simply refuse to make a challenge in and around their own box I mean the defending was was embarrassing it, it, it really was um, and, and as a result Liverpool just just run amok I, I, I very understrength Liverpool at that here's a question why does it not make more sense for West Ham to put their best 11 up mm -hmm. and and the argument from some would be well they're in the Europa League and they're in this they're sitting eighth in the Premier League they're never, ever, ever going to be relegated, certainly not this season, with the guff that's in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they might say, well, we're pushing for another European place through our, uh, through our league form. But really, they're in that position where they're not at a risk of, no. of anything. So, you know, you go to Liverpool, you know Klopp's going to make changes. You know City are out, United are out, Arsenal are out, because you've, you've put them out. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, I know that. But... A full West, a full strength West Ham tonight. Bearing in mind the position they're in in the league, <sighs> would that not have been a better way to go? But, He's made changes; it hasn't worked. They've been absolutely walloped. Yeah, yes, West Ham in the Europa League, but you're in the Europa League at a stage where the Champions League clubs are, are now coming down into that competition. You're you're offered the chance of playing a semi-final here. Yeah, and, and, and a semi-final where the other three teams aren't really that strong. This this has to be had or oh, had to be West Ham's best road to any kind of silverware. Europa League and, and what comes with winning that aside, this had to be West Ham's best opportunity to win silverware. And and to see that, I, I again, I, I I 
I cannot fathom any kind of an excuse. Nadem, what do you want to talk about? Good Liverpool or bad West Ham? Well, if I've got time, I'd like to talk about both. I think from the West Ham perspective, yes, they did make changes, but the team he's put out there, it's not the first time playing together because you have seen them play in other games throughout the season. You've seen them play in Europa League, you've seen them play in the earlier rounds of this cup competition as well. And I was stunned how passive they were. I think in the first half there were times when they wanted to go and try and play out from the back. But then you could see that one or two players were hiding and didn't want to receive it, so that didn't work. And Liverpool pressed them really well. So then second half they say, well, let's go longer. But they'd lose the first ball, the second ball, and then be caught in transition. So the fact that they basically took a back foot to everything that the manager probably asked them to do, I think it's hugely disappointing. And as you mentioned with some of those goals, like you've seen Curtis Jones walk straight through the middle of the team. And I know he's had a good game and he's a fantastic player, huge talent, all this stuff. But be competitive. I think at the end of that game, Liverpool feel like they ran more. You know, they played more channel balls. They were better from set pieces. They're almost better from every single side of that. And credit to Liverpool. They made their changes and they still had a good flow. It was still in a good moment, creating chances, taking chances, feeling themselves, feeling confident. But that from West Ham, for me, is just hugely disappointing because, again, there's so many times, I'm sure the guys would say this, where, you know, you lose games and as you walk away, you're disappointed because, you know, maybe things didn't go your way. But today, nothing from my perspective was right about West Ham apart from that goal from Bowen, which in the grand scheme of things meant so, so little mm. because they were never in a chance of winning this game from the very first whistle to the final whistle as well. Now, you get, you get, you got on a flight back to London or a bus, whatever it is, and, and you've been beaten. It happens, you know what I mean? Mm. You go to Anfield. It, it, it can happen, right? There's no doubt about that. But you go back, if you've put a fight up and you've created chances and you've made tackles and you've defended stoutly and they've broken you down with a bit of brilliance, you can accept that. And I think the supporters yes. can accept that as well. I think what's unacceptable is just the, 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 the very, and we've all touched on it, the very meek uh, and pedestrian nature of how they went about this. A competition that is important for them a competition where, let's be honest, there's more chance than, there was more chance of them winning the Carabao Cup than there is of being successful in Europe again. Because they're in Europa League now and Shaq said, you know, we have the Champions League teams uh, dropping down there. So it's almost unexplainable how the opportunity was there. This was a weakened Liverpool side, not a bad Liverpool side, but a, certainly a, a weaker one. And to lose in the manner in which they did, and to have no shots in the first half, nothing at all, no, ch no real changes of any. Pakistan, 57 minutes. The other changes, not until the game was dead and buried. I'm actually intrigued to, to hear what David Moyes, if, if we get any quotes from him uh, after the game. Normally, what managers say half the time is, is gobbledygook, but I'm actually intrigued how he's going to sort of spin this one to say, look, I take the blame, or is he going to put it on the players? Because that's five goals against Fulham, five goals again against Liverpool, and a side that's, you know, it prides itself on being defensively very solid. Not good enough. After the game, Alexis caught up with Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen, congratulations. I mean, what a dominant performance. Uh, I know you probably would have liked the clean sheet because I know you're a perfectionist, but that was pretty much as perfect of a performance as you could ask for. Yeah, that's true. But uh, to be honest, I, I'm not really bothered about the goal we conceded. It's not nice, but... Um, um, in the league, it would have been different as a cup competition, so you have to get through, and who cares about a score sheet? And they we need to win, and we played an exceptional game. That was the most important thing. And from start to finish, we were dominant. From start to finish, we were really there. Um, we played exactly the way we had to play against against West Ham because West Ham was 100% ready to, to, to hurt us. Um, we just didn't let it happen that you can play a, set, a, a first half without a shot on target of West Ham, without uh, even a set piece, if I'm right, no corner, nothing. So that is so important because they, that's a super strength of them. They, <laughs> they wait for these moments and we are there. And, oh my God, how can we defend that? So that's um, really important. It was absolutely top class. And um, I'm really pleased for the boys because um, obviously we need them all. We have um, um, an incredible amount of games to play. They played already a lot of games, so that means they have all rhythm. So we could make the changes, um, and it's really it was a really nice watch tonight. Just a reminder: next up for Liverpool, it's that little matter of Arsenal at Anfield on Saturday. What a match it would be! Uh, Nathan, I suppose in some ways it doesn't matter, but in some ways it's nice, isn't it, to go into such a big game after putting in such a nice performance. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I would say so. And I think when you look at it as well, there were people who came off the bench who were being rested, like Salah and Alexander Arnold, who contributed. Salah with his goal, Alexander Arnold with the assists. And for them as a group, they look really, really confident. And I think that's a great spot to be in heading into the game on the weekend. And this is a game I'm really looking forward to because what I like is obviously Liverpool are great here. But Arsenal are not a team that stay on the back foot. They mm. want to be aggressive. They'll be pressing Liverpool really high. They'll be trying to get the ball out to their wingers, or to the forwards rather, going with the 1v1s, moving the ball well, and showing great character in terms of being able to go to any sort of arena and play the style of football that they want to play. I think that was shown pretty much in the game against Aston Villa, who previously you know, had beaten Man City. And although Arsenal lost, I thought they were really good. And they basically, in my opinion, probably deserve something from that game. Obviously, it didn't end up being that way and Villa you know, took the three points. But I think Arsenal are in a very, very good spot. And you can see today that Liverpool are as well. They had their frustrations at the weekend against United, not scoring. You know, Given the fact that they had, a, was it 34 shots? But the feeling's good. The players are feeling themselves. You know, They've got a chance to go top of the league again. And yeah, I think that game on the weekend is going to be fantastic. What's better, Craig, to have had this game midweek? comfortable victory or have the complete week off as Arsenal have had? Uh, oh, you're throwing me there because I thought you were going to say have a week off for Liverpool or have the game. Well no, that's not what happened. No. What oh. was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think... Arsenal haven't played right, midweek, I think have it, they? Liverpool right, have, but they okay. have played an easy game. I think it was good for Liverpool to get that Tepid performance against United out the way. Right. And get some squad players some game time. Yeah, I mean, the rest is great for Arsenal. But, look, whatever it is, there's, you know, managers will make an excuse, or oh, they had a rest, or oh, we had a game, blah, blah, blah. The game itself is the polar opposite for Liverpool. Because no team, and I include Man City, in the last few weeks have pressed the opposition in their own half as well as Arsenal. Nobody. Uh, Will they go to Anfield and try and do the same? Uh, I would be surprised if they don't. And that is going to be a complete different ball game to what Liverpool witnessed uh, last weekend, which was a team that basically were lacking confidence and sat in the edge of the box and, and tried to, to ask Liverpool different questions. Liverpool are a little bit of a side at the moment who are more off the cuff to me in terms of the way they play. Arsenal are a little bit more rigid. You kind of know what you're going to get from them. It's a hard one to call, but... You know, it's not going to be the do or die in terms of who wins the league. But you know my feelings on Arsenal at the moment. I just think they're just a smidge ahead of Liverpool in terms of the structure of the team. They're defensively solid. Uh, the midfield's looking a little better. Havertz is getting some confidence. Jesus is back in the goals. Uh, and, and they're starting to feel good about themselves. The weak point for me in this Arsenal side is still going to be the goalkeeper. And that is going to be tested, I would imagine, big time at Anfield at the weekend. Uh, the draw has just been made then for the semi-finals. Oh, yes. It will be Liverpool against Fulham and Middlesbrough against Chelsea. Now, these games are played over two legs, uh, don't forget. Uh, Chelsea very much the happier of the sides, I imagine, Shaka. Yeah, Middlesbrough are a division below and, and even so not pulling up trees in, in, in the championship. Um, Chelsea very happy with, with, with this draw, of course, and then you you have a final and then finals can go can go any which way um at, at the same time uh, liverpool and, and and fulham you have to fancy you have to fancy liverpool just kind of given how this everything's panned out liverpool have to have to see themselves as, as winning it's liverpool tournament. chelsea final isn't it i mean it's a foregone oh, we? oh we're covering the semi-finals you say oh i never said that um look I suppose I think it's unlikely that Borough over two legs, maybe mm. one, maybe one game, the Championship side could outfox uh, a, a decent Premier League team. I said decent is Chelsea. Even they and their shambolic sort of mode at the moment can't lose over two games to to this Middlesbrough side. I wouldn't imagine. Fulham less so could be a fly in the ointment. I think again it's unlikely, but. You know, comfortable draws for both. So, yeah, I think all, all eyes is looking at a Liverpool-Chelsea final. Yep, certainly looks that way, doesn't it, Nadam? Yeah, it, it does. It really, really does. I think you can see Liverpool being the dominant side against Fulham. And Fulham might get a result. But again, because it's a two-legged affair, 
you just got to sort of back the favour. And I think it's the same for that Borough Chelsea game. I think going up to Borough, that could be a great game for Borough. The fans will get right behind them. But Chelsea's quality, I think, overall will probably see itself through. And if it does end up being, not to say that it's a foregone conclusion, but if it does end up being Liverpool and Chelsea in the final, the hope is that this time somebody scores a goal. Because if you remember two seasons ago, it's 2 0 nils in the League Cup final and the FA Cup final, wasn't it? So, yeah, we'll see. Seems like those two will be destined to get there. And yeah, I think um, it's going to be a high-quality semi-final for both teams. But then also, when that final comes, should it be those two, I think I'll be expecting a few more goals this time. Uh, we, we're going to move on, but um, Craig wanted it, so he's going to get it. Here's David Moyes after the game. <laughs> Did you make it too easy for Liverpool tonight? Uh, I think Liverpool played very well. And, uh, you know, we sort of praise them for how well they played, but obviously we didn't play well enough. The second goal I thought was a killer. I thought we were just beginning to grow a little bit back into the game. Not enough, but uh, we gave them the second goal, a really poor second goal, which uh, you know made it really hard for us to, to get back and get any form of result. When Gerrard scored, though, there was that glimmer of hope, I suppose, for you, but then obviously Liverpool went up the other end mm -hmm. and then quick fire, it was all yeah. but done over. Yeah, we, we, we didn't... We didn't do particularly well in some areas for some of the goals. I think we could have done much better. But look, we beat Arsenal before we got to this game and we probably had the hardest draw of all coming to Anfield to, to win at Anfield. So uh, we've made a few changes tonight to try and give people opportunities, chances to show what they can do. Uh, also because of the scheduling. So we were up against a really strong opponent tonight. Tough place to come and uh, that's the way it proved. Well, they played like the uh, Urawa Reds. Half an hour. Half an hour. 35 minutes into the show before I could squeeze that in. Very prestigious competition, obviously, yes. that Man City played on yesterday. I. I I would imagine David Moyes' words behind the scenes would have been a little bit more uh, heavier yeah. and, and straighter. Uh, when, he, when he says Liverpool played well, yes, but it was made a damn sight easier by a West Ham side that basically didn't get close to making any challenges, any winning any second balls, squeezing the game at all, uh, were not a threat on the counter-attack at all for over an hour, well over an hour, till the bow and goal. And, and, and that's very, very disappointing. I, I like how you said the second goal was a killer. West Ham barely got over the half-line. Well, yes. In the first half, I, I, I'm not sure why the second goal made, made just such a difference. Oh, was that what it yeah, was? Most oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah, right. Anti-West Ham ways. I'm just saying, it was, it was, it was disappointing. Uh, we'll say thank you very much to Nadim. You get to go home tonight, yeah? You're close to home. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say close, but closer than yesterday, yeah. Um, yeah, looking forward to getting home, getting inside, a bit warm. And also, just to just to say something, if I can, in regards to Moyes there, he sounded like he was on such a downer. I think that's fair, because when he's going to watch this game back, unlike yesterday with Eddie Howe, he could watch his team and say, you know, we didn't have a ton of possession, but we fought. You know, here's a highlight. For David Moyes, he'll watch this game back and he'll see his team make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. And to be honest, it sounded like he was sick of it in that, in that little interview there. But, you know, this is the way football goes sometimes. Uh, Nadim, thank you very much. Go on a warm-up. Uh, just a well, reminder... wouldn't watch this one back, would you? Uh, you're no. David Moyes. It's right in the bin. Uh, ESPN FC with you tomorrow. You're here tomorrow, Craig, yeah, to reflect on both Girona and Real Madrid in action. Oh, something has to be. <laughs> Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Barcelona would finish the calendar year in La Liga with a victory, but boy, did they just crawl across the finish line against an Almeria side who are the worst in Europe yet to win a game this season. But in the end, Xavi's team would win by three goals to two. Here is the Barca manager. Hola, Xavi. Hola. Um, your team were desperate for a win. You managed to, to get so, but maybe not in the best way against the, the bottom team. Yes, not in the fully agree, because in the first half, we didn't play well, we didn't have uh, intensity, rhythm. It's not the, the Barca that I, I want. So the second half was totally different, with intensity, with rhythm, with aggressivity, with the second ball. We won many duels, so second half, yes. Second half is the, the phase that we, that we want to, to show to everybody. So happy for the second half, not for the first half. Uh, this thing that you mentioned, that the team in the second half lately is much better, it, it's happening. Uh, do you have an explanation to, to that, that the team changes or is not able to, to play concent fully fo concentrated in the first half? Well, I think because of the last results. No? We, we play to, for too much tension. With too much tension, I think no? it uh, it affected to to us too much. I think so. The second half was the the way that we that we play that we show to uh, to the opponent. Uh, yes, I liked the team uh, very much in the second half. So this is the way. It's a very big important victory, and we need to keep going. There were whistles, especially in, in the first half. Are, are you worried about this in in your stadium? No, it's normal, it's the, the supporters, but uh, in my opinion the second half is the, the supporters that we need. Everybody uh, show respect for Uriel Romeo, for Iñaki, for Sergio Roberto, for everybody. And when we show our best face, so supporters are with us. It's nice, the, uh, I guess, the, the way that the guy from La Masia who fought the, the most managed to get that, that victory eventually, Sergio Roberto. Yes, he's an example. He's an example, very happy for him because he's the captain. Uh, he always uh, helped the team a lot, playing, not playing, but today make the difference for the team. I'm really happy for him. Just one last question now. Uh, I guess a difficult trip to, to Dallas uh, yeah. just before Christmas is what you have to do with the, with the situation. I guess it's not the best for you for preparation. And, and how do you, you think about the next year? Well, I think uh, everybody is uh, ready to, to travel to Dallas to play against America. Everybody will have some some minutes. We need to rest some players, but uh, yes, it's, uh, uh, we will try to uh, to show the best face the best face for the for the team and for the supporters there in Dallas. And for the next year, I expect uh, titles, trophies, uh, like the last year, like this year, 23. I expect I expect in 24 that we won, we will win titles. So that narrow victory for Barcelona moves them up to third in the table, three clear of Atletico Madrid. Uh, for more on this, Luis Garcia is here. Blooming egg, Luis. <laughs> yes, guys, um, not what we expected. We were expecting a good Barcelona, uh, a, a Barcelona with determination to win it, to win it big, to live uh, this uh, first part of, of the season and go and regroup. And, get back with maybe another dynamic but uh, definitely no no what we saw during the first 45 minutes a bit better in the second half but i think not because of barcelona it's because uh, almeria put everything on the first 45 and it was a run out of steam in, in the last part it's true that it was more, more creative they created more chances but the end product is kind of the same that we've seen so far for for those the, the first part of the season a very uh, very plain barcelona frustrated at moments uh, very vulnerable very shaky at the back giving opportunities to almeria until the last minute when we saw iñaki peña saving that ball on the line but well uh, three points i think that xavi must be relieved for to to get the, those three points and then go back regroup take the chat with the with the lads and let's see if uh, they can manage to, to change this dynamic because definitely uh, they need to change so many things they need to improve so many things and i'm not sure if in this period of two weeks it's going to be enough to to see a different face of barcelona there's nothing i've seen 
for the bulk of this season that suggests there's any run coming of any note. Almeria, we talked about them. I mean, fair play to them. They are scrapping and fighting. They've got five draws this season. They've not won a game. They're away from home. They're bottom of the league. They will be relegated. And two set pieces out is, is what did them. Yes. Yeah. yeah they've not been... T yeah, they, look, Barca created some chances. They've not been taken to the cleaners. There is way more questions about this Barcelona team than there are answers. Way more. And I hasten to add, it might not just be about losing the title for Xavi, but how he loses it. Mm -hmm. And that could be his downfall. If they don't improve drastically in all areas, it'll be, I think, curtains for him. Because that's how poor it's been. The, f the way they were celebrating the, the, the winning goal. <laughs> looked. if you'd just flicked it on, you'd have said they're playing a team in the top four. They're playing a rival. The way they celebrated. Not for one second before this game did I think this was even going to be a contest. Mm -hmm. It should not have been a contest. Maybe, maybe Almeria away. Maybe, maybe I'll give you a slight, it should have been a contest away from home. But not at home. And it was. That's how, that's how poor they are at the moment. And Sergio Roberto shouldn't have even been playing, Luis. <laughs> yeah, it's true that, that the needs of this team in the, in the middle of the park uh, made Sergio Roberto the captain, uh, one of the most experienced players to, to, to show. And uh, I, I think that they've done a fantastic job. Not being, I think the last time that they was in Bali was on, on the 8th of, of, of October, I think it was. So it's been quite a long time. And uh, today, 90 minutes, he will look sharp. He's a player who knows exactly what he's doing when he's in the middle of the park, the runs, the understanding, the, 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 the tempo on the game. It was fantastic. The first 45, we saw him just raising the hand, telling the guys, come on, let's do this. But um, definitely was something different that we've seen from, from the captain of Barcelona. And those two goals, they could have been three. I think that helped the team to put this first uh, half of the season on, on the side and hopefully again a lot of things to be worked but uh, you know guys that the dynamics moments uh, can change it just for one game or maybe a week that you can get a break and the team just get that confidence so let's see if this Barcelona can put together something different because they're going to need it for the rest of the season. La Liga season, of course, well, certainly the calendar year concludes over the next couple of days. Some big games here. Girona away against Real Betis in Seville. And that's followed by Alaves against Real Madrid. Those matches all live on ESPN+. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Action in Germany today. Bayern Munich defeating Wolfsburg by two goals to one. Harry Kane would score what proved to be the winner. Brilliant goal from outside the box. This is what he had to say after the game. Harry Kane, thank you very much for joining and congrats on the win of the final game. You scored a goal. Please talk us through the whole one. Yeah, no, tough game, really tough game. I mean, uh, I thought we played really well first half, we controlled the game. Obviously went the two goals ahead and then uh, it was just a shame we conceded that sloppy goal uh, just before half-time because it gave them, you know, a lot more energy, a lot more belief coming into the second half. And uh, yeah, second half was tough, you know, we struggled to keep the ball at, at times, you know, we was a bit loose with uh, 
on the counter-attack, but, um, you know, sometimes you have to dig deep, you have to work hard together. It's been a, a tough period. Um, and, yeah, to come away with the win is, is really important. Having a look at your goal, it's already your 21st. Uh, what went through your head when you took that shot? Yeah, no, uh, Tommy gave me the ball and then uh, I, I knew I had loads of space around me. So it was just about setting out with a touch and then uh, kind of letting, letting loose with the, with the shot. And uh, the wind was just blowing off the right a little bit. So I kind of used that to my advantage. And uh, yeah, look, sometimes they just fly in like they did today. So it was a nice one. A nice one also from Jamal Musiala. He's the youngest Bayern player, 20 years of age, to reach 100 Bundesliga games and scored a real nice one on his, on his uh, party uh, game, I would say. Yeah, these are the ones I want Jamal to score. They're the type of goals I want him. I want him in there, you know, making runs into the box, scoring with his head, you know, playing in his position as an attacking midfielder. Uh, that's where you get your 10 goals a season, uh, in that six-yard box. Uh, so, yeah, really delighted for him. You know, he was fantastic with the ball. He really helped, you know, uh, when we was coming out of pressure, holding the ball and then using his dribbling to, to our advantage. So uh, he can be very happy as, as the whole team can. Having a look at the 49 Bayern goals, you've been involved into 26, scored 21 yourself. How do you assess this first month in Germany and with Bayern? It's been good. It's been a, a really good start to the season. You know, when I first joined back in August, uh, if someone said to me I'd have 20 odd goals by now, you know, I'd be uh, I'd a bit in the handoff. So, uh, no, I'm enjoying it. You know, it's important to to finish before the break well. Uh, so, yeah, we can go away and enjoy uh, enjoy Christmas. First 16 matches, uh, second in the table. How do you uh, what do you think about the performance of Bayern in comparison to Leverkusen? Yeah, look, they're, they're doing really well from our point of view. We just have to focus on ourselves, keep, keep picking up points wherever we can. Um, and yeah, look, there's a long way to go. You know, they, they've had a good start to the season as well. Obviously, uh, we've got a game, game in hand come, come January. But um, yeah, there's a long way to go. We just need to focus on ourselves, enjoy this, enjoy the break now, and then come back and it's the business end, you know. Knockout stages of the Champions League, uh, final stages of the Bundesliga. Uh, that's when the business starts and, and we need to be ready for it. Allow me one last one, Harry. There's a new member to your family. How will you spend uh, Christmas and the holidays? Yeah, I'll be going away somewhere, somewhere hot for sure. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be nice. Uh, obviously, it's been difficult with not having the kids here, uh, not having my wife here. So, uh, just some good family time, you know, go away, spend Christmas with them, uh, play a bit of golf, hopefully, uh, but just enjoy it, relax and, and get ready for, for January. Great stuff there from Harry Kane. Great stuff from the interviewer as well. Very enthusiastic, great coat as well. Harry Kane, 21 goals through 15 games in a Bundesliga season. Matches that of Robin Lewandowski, who of course went on to break the record, didn't he? Uh, over 40. Harry Kane, certainly, if he keeps this form up, will do that. I, Just, thought, I thought they liked Harry Kane in Germany. Yeah, of course they do. Why? No need for the guy to shout at him. Well, I think he's just enthusiastic. He shouted for three minutes. He was excited, wasn't he? Well, it turns out all this, all this time it's actually easy to score goals in the Bundesliga. Oh, oh I'm only kidding. But, you know, there's some huge boots to fill, uh, albeit 12 months later after Lewandowski leaves. But, but what that guy achieved on a consistent basis, I suppose, puts pressure on any striker going in there. Uh, and a bit like Jude Bellingham, in a sense at uh, Real Madrid, he probably couldn't have dreamed that it's gone as well as it has. Yeah, Bayern Munich haven't always played great, there's no doubt about that, and, and they can get better, they're going to need to get better, uh, both domestically and in the, in the Champions League, but, but he's doing his bit. Yeah. And I think the makeup of this Bayern team kind of suits him and suits those around about him, i.e. they've got wide players that are quick, so when he does have some freedom to drop off, then they've got players that can go in behind, and obviously they, they touched on it there. Uh, young Musiala, is a, a f when fit, is a fantastic, talented young guy who can float in and around Harry Kane. So, so yeah, he's got it, he's he's got it all. He's even going to manage to play some golf over Christmas. Uh, how can you be happier? To, to that point about Musiala. Wasn't that really interesting? You're saying that's what I keep telling him what he needs to be yeah. doing, and that's, that's what Thomas Tuchel would want. That's what you always want, isn't it, from your veterans yeah. to be guiding those youngsters coming through? And telling where where they need to be and when. And, and I think, well, one one of the big advantages of playing with, with Harry Kane as opposed to maybe a, a Lewandowski is Harry Kane is happy to drop off in, into those into those half spaces, happy to have the the midfielders run beyond him, uh, and he play through balls or, or whatever it may be. So I think from an attacking midfielder's perspective. It's an easier striker to, to get around as opposed to a Lewandowski who wants to be right around that penalty spot in, in, or, or, or between penalty spot and, and six-yard box. 
I, and he's right. Musiala is such a talent with the ball at his feet. If he can add that timing of his runs um, to, to his game, what, what a player he will turn out to be. We're a bit like that in this show, you know, as well. You know, we try and guide the youngsters through when they first come in. We, we tried with Dan. What do you mean? I was there first. <laughs> <laughs> How's the Lewandowski feeling watching all these Kane goals, by the way? <laughs> well, he's got enough. He's got enough on his plate. He's got enough he? issues, isn't he? So Bayer Leverkusen remain at top of the table. They would easily beat Bochum by four goals to now, and it's four points that separate them and Bayern Munich. Take a look at their form. Of course, this season in all competitions under Xavi Alonso, 22 victories, three draws. They remain undefeated, Craig, and it's incredible. And this, these sort of games, end of the end of the end of the year, you know, you're starting to look at maybe thinking about holidays. But you go in, you get it done, no worries, top of the table. Oh, I think there's too much on, uh, there's too much to play for to think about the winter break. I think when it comes around, it comes around. Uh, but when you're in the position they are, it's uh, you're focused. Yeah, you know, you're not. All right, you might have booked a little holiday here or there, you know what I mean? Just, <laughs> just on the set. But, you know, you just, you just want to keep this, this tremendous run going. You know, not only are they pretty solid defensively, they, you know, Florian Vertz is arguably playing the best football of any sort of playmaker in the Bundesliga at the moment. They've got Patrick Schick fit again. Boniface has been scoring goals. Uh, to be undefeated when we go into the winter break, as we are, as they are in Germany, it is quite incredible. Mm. Just to not have a slip up where, you know, you go away from home, you switch off, you get rolled over, you have to come back and sort of light your chops and get on with it. They haven't had that, so that's a great compliment to their manager. And the, the big question remains now, are Bayer Leverkusen, Leverkusen going to be able to do what Borussia Dortmund have, have failed so miserably to do in this last 10 or 11 years? And it's go the whole hog and actually finish it off. Yes. Because they should have done last year, Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. 100%. And once again, they faltered. Uh, at this moment in time, Bayer Leverkusen don't look as if the pressure is going to get to them. But come sort of March or April time, that's a different it, kettle it, of fish. If you're Leverkusen, you don't want this Christmas break. You want to just keep playing. Right. You're, you're playing with such confidence. Everything, everything is clicking. You're never quite sure how that break is, is going to affect you. It's going to affect the chemistry. When you come back, do you do you hit your full stride? Um, they themselves have, have, haven't been in this position. I think the other big question mark for, for, for Leverkusen coming out of this break is once the January transfer window reopens and some of the big boys come sniffing, how does that impact some of the personalities, again the chemistry, everything just going so well right now, you don't want it to change. We'll see how they deal with it, but as of what we've seen so far in the first half of the season, there is no suggestion that anything is going to matter to them, that they are just going to keep playing and winning games as they have. To Craig's point, they've fallen behind a couple of times and, and ground out results with good football. It, it, it speaks so highly of who they are as a unit. Can you imagine Xabi Alonso though now? As Shaq said, it's been so good. Right lads, the winter break means the winter break. Don't go skiing. Right, no, yeah. You know what I mean? Don't anybody go out there and do something stupid. When right. we go back, we take the break. Yes. And, you know, Manuel Neuer would be an easy target. <laughs> yeah. how stupid, how stupid was that? Uh, yes, how very. stupid was that? Very. So from Chabi Alonso's point of view, just please, he's got to be praying. I don't want any phone calls about any dramas. I just want our players to go away, get a good rest, and come back and try and pick the baton up where we've left off, which is not easy, but as long as they come back fit and healthy, then... Why wouldn't they? Uh, for a lot more on the Bundesliga title race, be sure to check out the latest edition of the Gavin Jules podcast. That drops tomorrow. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right then, of course, this is the first time we've heard from U.S. soccer after MLS announced that it will just be playing its next generation uh, team in the U.S. Open Cup next year. This was the response. Major League Soccer has requested to allow MLS Next Pro teams to represent MLS in the 2024 Lamar Hunt US Open Cup. After thoughtful consideration, the, the request has been denied. 
Now, MLS then responded to this with a long statement. Major League Soccer believes that there are several essential goals and concerns that must be addressed in connection with the tournament, including developing young professional players and providing them with greater opportunity to play before fans in meaningful competition in a tournament setting, prioritizing player health and safety, reducing schedule congestion for MLS clubs and enhanced investment from US soccer. MLS is committed to finding a viable solution for the 2024 tournament and is working to find a pathway that addresses its goals and concerns. Moving forward, MLS will remain focused on increasing opportunities for up-and-coming players, a key component of the league's player development strategy that ultimately benefits the US national team program. Oh, it's a man who's getting a massive lump of coal from MLS considering what he's been saying of late about the decision uh, regarding the Open Cup is with us now, uh, Sebastian Salazar. Does their response to US soccer make sense in your opinion? Does US soccer's response to Major League Soccer's act make sense? Is that what you're asking? Uh, both. Yeah, I think the U.S. soccer response is a little bit surprising, but the correct response, and, and I'm pleased with it. Uh, you know, the move from MLS here to, to pull out of the Open Cup was very clearly a move against a U.S. soccer asset. Uh, and so the only thing that, that U.S. soccer can do there is, is simply reject, you know, these reserve teams from joining the tournament. I think in that regard, U.S. soccer could have been much more harsh here. Uh, there could have been a much more nuclear option to go after uh, Major League Soccer's Division I sanctioning, per se, because as part of the rules in U.S. soccer, you have to play in the Open Cup to be a Division uh, I team or one league. U.S. soccer didn't go that route, and I think the response from Major League Soccer is equally measured. Um, I think there's a lot that you can nitpick in the response. Are they worried about teams playing in the Open Cup for fixture congestion? I don't know. They invented League's Cup. They didn't seem that worried about fixture congestion then. Um, are they worried about the quality of the competition? I mean, this might sound harsh, but the quality of competition in Major League Soccer is by no means beyond question. So I think the reasoning that MLS has put out makes you question kind of why they did this in the first place. But I think as we know, as we've seen throughout the years, um, certainly on this program, we covered the, the Super League effort quite a bit in depth. Uh, money talks and money rules and beyond that control. And the bottom line here is the Open Cup is run by U.S. soccer and it's not run by MLS. And MLS wants to be, you know, playing in competitions that it controls and where its teams are monetized to the max. But uh, something needed to be done, didn't it, said to Open Cup? Obviously, it was a product that was difficult to sell. It wasn't yeah. getting the ratings. It wasn't getting the crowds. So how do you fix that? Well, certainly not by pulling the first division out of it. I mean, right, the, the, the great thing about the Open Cup, and, and I know football fans around the world appreciate this, but in American professional sports, we don't have anything like this. We don't have David versus Goliath. And if you take Goliath out of David versus Goliath, it's a pretty boring storyline. So um, I, I think, of, of course, the, you know, the, the Federation has to look at how it runs the Open Cup, and MLS can evaluate its participation um, in the Open Cup. But for MLS to say, this competition isn't good enough for us when much better leagues all around the world participate in their respective domestic competitions is especially rich. And then beyond that, and this is pulling back the curtain a little bit, but the folks who have been marketing the U.S. Open Cup for the better part of the last two decades is a company that's owned entirely by Major League Soccer. So if MLS wants to say, well, there hasn't been investment in this tournament, this tournament isn't good enough for us, you can only turn around, look in the mirror, and, and blame yourselves. That, that's the problem here. Yes, can the Open Cup improve? For sure, does more investment needed? Do they need better sponsors? Do they need better TV deals? Of course all that stuff goes hand in hand, but you're not gonna get any of that with Major League Soccer pulling out the first division of the Open competition. I mean, it, it ruins, it ruins, I'm sorry, it kills the US Open Cup if you don't have the first division teams in there. If it's Copa del Rey, if it's Carabao Cup, teams go out and we know they don't play their first right, teams. Right. Why did MLS feel the need to come out and make this statement when MLS Sides always had the choice, didn't they? To play yes. a strong side or a not so strong side. Why make this move? Mm. It's a very good question, Dan. It's a very good question. I think what the league would tell you, um, and again, I, I don't believe that this is the, the real reason, but I think what they would point to is what they call brand confusion. Um, and they've got some examples of it, like LAFC playing in the early rounds of the Open Cup last year. They're basically using all academy kids or, or, or developmental roster kind of slots. They're not the first team players, what we would think of as the first team players. Um, 
they want you know less games for those first team players they want to eliminate some of that fixture congestion for the top level guys uh, who they're going to have to deal with in union negotiations that's that's kind of the idea i think what would have been correct here is to as you say keep it status quo and allow the teams each club individually to decide just how important this tournament is and this was not unanimous you know within major league soccer i i know that there were clubs that that were not on board with pulling their first team out of the Open Cup. Now, at the end, majority rules. We know how things work, but uh, I, I think that we're going to have to get to a resolution here, and it's probably going to be more something like what we saw in the past than an Open Cup uh, without Major League Soccer teams. Because as I mentioned, uh, that's very problematic for the Federation when it comes down to their rules. Uh, are you in the majority or the minority with these thoughts, Seb? <sighs> um... I think of people who care about American soccer, I'm in the majority. I think the sad truth here, and a little bit of what MLS was maybe hoping would happen, is that there's not enough people overall that care about American soccer to make a real noise about this. Um, I think what we've seen is, is, is that there has been quite a bit of noise, even beyond like soccer shows. Uh, you guys will know the name Dan Patrick, famous sportscaster, ex-ESPN guy, has his own show now on another platform. Uh, they were talking about it on his show, a mainstream sports show where they never talk about soccer. So uh, this is crossing over in a way that, frankly, very few MLS topics uh, outside of Messi do. So people are very angry about this right now. And unlike other things, Dan, where people can be angry and then it goes away, uh, there's a body here that can act and is showing that they're at least willing to take that first step, the federation. So by saying that MLS Next Pro teams can't play, the rules are MLS has to be represented to keep that Division I status. So MLS is going to have to come back to the negotiating table, to the bargaining table here, with U.S. soccer at some point in the next couple months uh, and figure this out. Take it easy, Seb. Take it easy. Thank you very much, Seb. What are you doing to relax over the holidays? Free. <laughs> Not going up to Connecticut. And see those guys. Uh, thank you very much, mate. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, more from Seb and Herc on the latest edition of Football Americas, which will be available for you tomorrow. Now, we're bringing you the top moments from Season 2 of Welcome to Wrexham. Here's today's best of moment presented by Stoke, the official cold brew coffee of Wrexham AFC. When the going gets tough for the game, you want to be on the touchline as a manager and you want to see those players who are going to go that extra yard to, to turn a, a draw into a win or a defeat in, into a draw. And that's kind of mentality, the strength of character, the winning mentality. Who on the pitch is not going to accept defeat. Of course, you know, you've got to make sure players who you bring in have got the capability to do that. All episodes of the brilliant Welcome to Wrexham are now streaming on Hulu. That's it. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us the end of today's show. No, I haven't quite got over the Urawa Red. I, hope so. I thought it was that. Uh, it's coming. Well, it's the the you only got one uh, mention. Extra time is next two, with Greg and Shaka. Urawa no. Red. Three. What a team. <laughs> what a cop. What a competition. Uh, welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. It's just three of us today. It's nice, isn't it? Huh? We've had a long day together. Craig's mood has started high a little bit. It's, it's been, been alright. Right. It's been, been right. okay, yeah? yeah. So I'd say throughout. Well, I didn't have any. Uh, what was that guff you had on in my ear yesterday? Oh, the uh, MLS Super Draft. There you yeah. well, there's yeah. been some other stuff tonight. There we go. Between that and, and Uraro Roads. Yes, exactly. <laughs> my, uh... No? Good. Right. Uh, why do Barcelona fans always have to suffer, Craig? Can't we win a game in an easy manner? Fans? Half of them don't turn up. Yeah, Monge Week is proving to be a big problem, isn't it, for Barca? They've only sold out twice so not far the this season. Week. It's what? not the stadium. Well, it's the it's stadium. The, it's because... not. It's not the stadium. It's the punters. <laughs> Fairway the supporters. Yeah, they don't want to travel up the hill. Is it up the hill? It's is it? Top of the hill. It is. <laughs> a good, a good walk, isn't it? <laughs> it is right at the top of the hill. What's the question? Have you been there? Why Sean? do you have to suffer? I tell you why they suffer. I've not. But you've been there. I've been there. Yeah, it's up the hill, isn't it? It's they're the suffering hill. because they're not go very that. good. Yeah. Sorry. No, I'm, I'm not there? very good. Huh? Why are you? I played there. Well, not not in Montjuic. There. 
at uh, in Barcelona. Come oh, now, yes, but you didn't go. No, not, no, no. Have you been to Barcelona City? Shall no, I? no, I didn't go to there. <laughs> what have you been to there? Going there for? What was that? Sightsee. Well, I don't know. You might have done. No, I'm not taking the family on a trip, a weekend. What's off? the correct pronunciation? Montjuic. Montjuic. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go for a five. Let's go for a trip, kids. Pack up. We're going to go look at stadiums around Europe. Oh, it's just part of being in Barcelona, isn't it? A contemporary... I've, I've been to Barcelona separately and I, I had no intention of visiting stadiums. Just That'd be a good lads trip, wouldn't it? Really? <laughs> be a really good, really no, good lads trip. It's something you do with your wife. Well, I did it with Denise. It's something you kind of do with your wife, isn't what, it? What, what, with around. the stadium? Well, yes, because it's the old Olympic stadium. It's in a nice part of the town. Up the hill as well with the old church oh, thing. Oh, there's a stadium. Oh. That's a good thing you do with your wife. Oh, look it. Let's go up here and... Well, what do you do? I mean, I, 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 I went to I Pebble. For I walks. went to Pebble Beach. <laughs> exactly. I go for exactly. Romantic, romantic walks on the river. <laughs> uh, I'll do on the river. beach. You go on the beach, oh, Barcelona. The beach. That's what I do. I saw someone get robbed on the beach, Barcelona. So that's why I stay up the hill. Oh, <laughs> nobody wait gets the, robbed up there. Wait for the fans even go up there. <laughs> wait for the pickpockets. <laughs> Some of my, I don't know where it is, it was just at the end of the show. Oh, right. about when we were talking about that US Open Cup. Right, okay. Uh, right. I've just not been out of store. We're going to make a point? The point is, I might not make it through extra time. <laughs> because of a bad eye. Oh, it's yeah. gone red. Has it gone red? You've been. <laughs> Something they've been punching me. What? There's a queue of people. Mrs. Burley at home with that doll. There's a long list. Jab in the eye. Just stabbing in the eye. Just stabbing me. What's going on? It's working, look. It's Ah, I'm watching so much football. With the teams remaining in the Carabao Cup shack, would it be a disappointment if Liverpool didn't win it all? Yeah. Yeah, they're big favourites now. Yeah. Fulham, obviously, and then Chelsea or Borough in the uh, final. Yeah, I know. I know who's in the cup. Yeah, but I was telling people, I was, I was oh. making them a reference oh, just right, to okay. bring the crowd in, oh, bring the audience yeah, in, because well, you don't assume. They some of that up, up the hill. Up the hill. Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. One thing you can't do in this job is be presumptuous. There you are, see? <laughs> <laughs> there you are. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, with punter, Endo. The, the, the viewer, the punter, the viewer, yes. is always correct. Wow. You've got to take that Didn't you just shout at the viewers two weeks ago for asking stupid questions? There is... <laughs> there is an element of the viewership that don't seem to be able to engage... Most of the viewers. Engage right. the brain. Okay. When sending in the questions. Right. Why are they German? Why are they... <laughs> they could be. Okay. Some Derek Ray's fans. Uh, with Endo picking up some form recently, deliver... With, sorry, with Endo picking up some form recently, do Liverpool have to go shopping for a Well, they didn't pick up for, you weren't that good at Crystal Palace a couple of weeks ago. Uh, no. So, no. And, and he'll be going, he'll be going to um, the Asian Cup, wouldn't he? I imagine. Thiago, uh, not really, Thiago's not defensive, but he's yep. certainly a deeper. He's been injured for all of the season. Endo didn't play great at Palace. There wasn't a great need for a defensive job to be done in the United game and neither was there in the Palace game so I, I think the, there is still a question mark out about his longevity in the starting 11 for sure. My question is for Craig. I think he really dislikes Manchester United and I want to know why. Me? Yeah, yes Craig. I think I'll Craig. give him praise more than anybody and I'll give him stick as much as anybody. You're very fair. Right. Yes. What we have here as uh -oh. the viewer, oh, as no, I told no, no, you. But the viewer's always right, Shaq. We have, that? Wind that back to uh, a very paranoid yes. uh, individual here. I see. And that, I always say, paranoia, you can treat that. Right. You just have to go and talk about it. Okay. Go to a, a meeting. You always say that? I've never heard him say that. <laughs> yeah. I, always, I always say, you can treat that. You can sort that out. I think, I don't dislike. Listen. I dislike every team, even the ones I used to play for, because I don't care. I, yeah. And the one thing I can't, when we do this job, yes. you know, the one, one of the things, one of the many things that drives me nuts is bias. It drives me nuts. I can't stand club channels. Yep. They have a job, that's what they do. I can't actually stand them, because what you get on there is just puppetry. Mine was brilliant when I worked on my club channel. Wait, what club channel? Real Madrid TV. Ooh. You, you, you used to live in Madrid? I did, yeah. Oh, Five oh, years, Shaq. Oh, fluid. Okay. And what is it? Brilliant. Nothing more it's propaganda. than cheer. Yes, yes, it is. It's complete and utter propaganda. So, what you get is what you see. Man United, when they play well, I, I do believe they got a lot of praise for their defensive performance on Sunday, but the majority of it 
they've been very, very poor. Uh, let's get to uh, the I never, ever, you know, the viewer is always correct. Okay. The viewer, you'll like this one. Craig, do you have any tips for people just learning golf? Uh, yeah. Uh, save some money aside for a tennis racket. Right. In case you can't hit the ball. Okay. Uh, no. So you hit it with a tennis racket instead? No, you take up a different sport. I, I think if you're just learning golf, is this a serious question? I, uh, I, we've I, all started somewhere. But it's like everything else. Patience. Some pick it up quicker than others. Golf is a game you can't let the frustrations get the better of you. Now, we have a friend and colleague who's not in here today. Although the one, one guy in here today I had a, I remember there was this par three at the old club I used to play at. Oh yeah, that's and, 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 and there was there was a, it's a short par three. There's a big bit of names, still call any names. Big bit of water in front of it. And I made him he put one in the water, two in the water, three in the water, he was gonna pick up. I said, You're not crossing that bridge until yeah. you hit that green. Yeah. And I think he un unloaded the whole bag. Incredibly, I play golf with both of you and I say would say that Shaka's more of a frustrated golfer than you are, which is strange given your temperament in real life. What do you mean? Because he's good. Well, because you don't, well, let, you don't let it get to you. Shaka gets angry. Uh, we're, we're I get a bit frustrated. Now, Stevie, on the other hand, who said he's fallen out of love with the game. Yes. With the, what the, well, he's fallen out of the, the, the love with the game when it costs money. Yes. Yeah, which is free golf. But he used to get it. Pretty patient guy, as you know. Yes. On the golf course. The least patience. Yeah. Going home. The oh, least oh, yeah. patience I've ever don't, seen. Don't be late. Don't be late for a tea time. And also, he gets really down on himself on the golf course. Yeah. I mean, properly down on himself. And he's actually a pretty good player. He's not a very good putter, which is where his frustrations come. Uh, but I've never seen a guy who's he's on the tee and he's scanning around holes in front, finding problems ahead. Yeah. Oh, we're going to get held up in an hour from now, <laughs> so we're going to catch him at the seventh hole. Um, Patience. Shaka, what's your favourite Christmas answer? movie? Elf. Yeah. Good I call. love Elf. Yeah, Elf is brilliant. We just, yeah. did, we just did Home Alone at home, okay. which is great as well, very good. Muppets Christmas Carol, I'd have up at there as well. Oh, I, I Do you sit and watch them or when the kids that. watch them, it's like, I don't know. Oh no, when my kids watch them. Yeah, no, when we watch them. I'm getting a lot of you know, I'm all a, Christmas movies. You know there's a channel when I go home, if I'm not watching something in a documentary, yes. which I do now and again, I've got a kind of go-to, okay. as you know, right. channel. Yeah. And at the moment, all the old movies I used to con the air, I've watched them, oh, The Rock, yes. The Green Mile. Highbrow. I can't get any of them at the moment. Oh, all these it's Christmas. Freaking Christmas do you, do you have a Christmas movie you enjoy? You think you used to sit and watch with the kids? No. Which leads us quite nicely. Well, the kids, are my, you know, my, my kids are older. Yeah, but there was a TV, wasn't there, when you were growing up? Yeah, but that's when a long time ago, and you're asking me to, to, to go into the memory bank. Okay. That's, 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 I don't have that right. answer. Okay. <laughs> Sound of music. That was always a tradition, wasn't it, on Christmas Day when we were growing up? I don't do a tradition. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, Sound I, of Music. I, I, traditions, for, traditions for people who just follow like sheep. I'm a, I don't do a tradition. Right. I like to do you, things. You like to go for alternative movies like Con Air. <laughs> the Green Mile. The Green Mile. I mean, we'll sit the kids down in front of the Christmas. Find the we'll find a really good documentary about a cold case murder. <laughs> it's fantastic. There you go. Dad, what are we watching? <laughs> well, there this, we go. Look at this. This was solved this in 1980 and yeah, it was all done to forensics. Yes, exactly. Because right. the bin bag they used was from that. It was legs. the blood splatter there on the wall. It was the angle. Ah. Oh, I'm getting too deep. <laughs> for Craig, final question. Who How do you like questions from me? Why not him? Well, no, you'll, you'll, find, you'll, you'll find out why. Oh, uh, right. Who do you identify <laughs> more with, Scrooge or the Grinch? Who are they? You know them. They're just, they're just nothing to me. These you people. know them. Because I live in a. You know Christmas Carol. I live in a. Who? Christmas Carol. I don't know. She lives down the road. <laughs> <laughs> Charles uh, Dickens, famous, obviously. Scrooge or the Grinch? Yeah. I'm not. Nah. See, I don't. No. I just. I'm in my happy lane. No, you're more Grinch than Scrooge. Because <laughs> Scrooge, at you associate with being tight. Craig's not tight. Oh, I'm not tight. He's no, in no. His, he's in his happy lane watching Cold Case Murders. <laughs> yes. This is when I'm at my happiest. Right. Takes all sorts. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely not. Sure, I told you it was him. <laughs> I'll admit it. I am met. I'll admit We're it. We're opening presents. I'll admit it. Do you know what really annoyed me at Christmas? We go around. Up, it's not the opening presents. It was the mess. Oh, I'm a bit OCD. Yeah, yeah. You want to be so tired? I'm a bit OCD. I'm going around picking up the paper. Yeah. Where was I? I 
You've taken me off. Uh, you I... know what really frustrating? No. No. What? Frustrated you at Christmas? Grinch? Lane? That. I have many things, as you know. Yes. Right? And I'll admit to them. Yes. Uh, Miserable. I am far from perfect. <laughs> yes. Not that far. I'll get an editor. <laughs> Stubborn. <laughs> you can accuse me of a lot of things. I am not tight. No, usually you're not. That, that's fair. You don't you don't feel that Scottish stereotype. There are enough of yes. us around. Yeah. Mr. Nickel, however, and Stevie would admit it as well. Right. All right. I'll give you three names. Three names. All right. right. We're going to out them. Okay. Steve Nickel. Yeah. Derek Ray. Well, yes. Is Derek tight as well? He's tighter than a dead heat. Is he's he? He's tighter than a photo finish. Wow. Trust me. He is. I didn't he know is. that. Yes. That's two when, names. When he's turning, when, when he's turning the bacon over, he switches the gas off. Okay. Oh, he's very tight. The are. other one, we have another Scottish guy here. Yes. What's at ESPN? Yeah. He's a commentator, Matt Donaldson. Yeah. That's a Scottish guy, and he's ultra tight. Now you're very much an anomaly when it comes to that stereotype. They all give Scottish people a bad name, yeah. and I carry the can. Yeah. yeah. Scottish. <laughs> there you are. How are you carrying that can? <laughs> Very, I'm, I'm, I'm carrying it in here. Where's the angle? Where's the angle that he hates? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, that's great. We're done. Um, Ooh, that's the angle. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we, we will be back uh, tomorrow for more of your Craig will be back tomorrow. I think Craig and Kay are here. Just, um, what's wrong? One for the road. One for Go on then. You are red. There we go. It's your own around Madrid action tomorrow. Be sure to join us, Craig and Kay, breaking it down. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.